These are the sounds of the 21st century. Continuing BBC Radio 2 and Trevor Dan's company's production from 2001 onwards. Climb on board this new audio time machine and hear the news, the music, the people, the films and the TV shows as they were heard at the time. No analysis, no hindsight, just the sounds. We've reached part three of this ongoing series, the year of the Iraq War and the Hutton Inquiry. The sporting world greets Roger Federer and Robin Abramovich. A Hollywood star terminates his way into politics, David Blaine sits in a glass box, and the world watches as Saddam Hussein's regime comes to a dramatic close. For the next hour, it's 2003. Calm down, dear. It's a commercial. One day when I came home at lunchtime, I heard a funny noise. Went out to the backyard to find out if it was one of those rough boys. Stood there, was my neighbor, called Peter, and a flush capacitor. He told me he'd inside the scene like a one in a film I've seen. In the flux thing, and I saw everything. Boy bands, and another one, and another one, and another one. Triple oppressive women swim around town, totally naked. We drove around in a time machine, like what in the field I see. Yeah, yeah. He said, I've been to the year 3000. Not much has changed, but they lived underwater. As your great and your great granddaughter is pretty fine. She's pretty fine. The war against terror started with the tragedy of September the 11th, but among the protesters were victims, alarmed at how that war has developed. In Europe, the biggest protests were in those countries whose leaders have most allied themselves with President Bush. Britain, Spain and Italy. Around a million converged on London's Hyde Park and there were similar turnouts in Madrid and Rome. The protests have continued. Brazil, Argentina, Australia, 600 cities worldwide. The massive military operation to topple Saddam Hussein is now underway. American and British forces have been in action on the ground and in the air. Thousands of troops are on the move, supported by intense artillery fire. The Iraqis have responded by firing missiles into Kuwait. Tonight, Baghdad has again come under heavy bombardment and parts of the city are ablaze. The assault began in the early hours of this morning when 40 cruise missiles were launched from carriers in the Gulf. Targets were hit across Baghdad until daybreak. Early this evening, the U.S. Army bombed southern Iraq. The ground invasion followed almost immediately. British Marines are said to have captured a port in southern Iraq, but the Iraqis deny this. The second night of bombing in Baghdad began shortly after 6 o'clock this evening. What's wrong with the world, mama? People living like they ain't got no mamas. I think 
The whole world's addicted to the drama Only attracted to things that'll bring the trauma Overseas, yeah, we trying to stop terrorism But we still got terrorists here living In the USA, the big CIA The Bloods and the Crips and the KKK But if you only have love for your own race Then you only leave space to discriminate And to discriminate only generates hate And when you hate, then you're bound to get irate Yeah, madness, what you demonstrate And that's exactly how anger works and operates Man, you gotta have love just to set it straight Take control of your mind and meditate Let your soul gravitate to the love, y'all, y'all People killing, people dying Children Practice what you preach, but you turn the other cheek. Father, 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 help us. American armor sounded the death knell for Saddam Hussein's grip on power. The American Marines rolled into the deserted streets of an Iraqi capital that will never be the same again. Armed to the teeth and with little opposition, they began to take control. Word began to spread slowly. As the Marines moved deeper into the city, Iraqis began to shed the fear of decades. They used to chant for Saddam, now they're pledging their loyalty to George W. Bush. And then the big push began. Ordinary Iraqis wanted to bring it all to an end and tear down the statue of the dictator. At first, the Americans didn't get involved. But these pictures were being beamed live around the world and they joined in. They began to take charge, and in a moment that spoke volumes about their victorious mood, they wrapped Saddam's face in the stars and stripes. Better judgments won the day, and the old Iraqi flag was produced. And then the Americans prepared to drag him off his pedestal. Go, 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 shawty. It's your birthday. We gon' party like it's your birthday. We gon' sip a cardi like it's your birthday. And you know we don't give up because that's your birthday. You can find me in the club. Bottle full of bub. Mama, I got what you need. If you need to fill the bars, I'm in the having sex. I ain't in the making love. So come give me a hug. You're in the getting rough. When I pull up out front, you see the Benz on dub. When I roll 20 deep, it's always drama in the club. Now that I roll with Dre, everybody show me love. When you sell like them and them, you get plenty of groupie love. Look, homie, ain't nothing change. Roll down, G's up. I see exhibit in the cutting, man. Roll them up. Roll you watch how I move. You mistake before I play up here. Been hit with a few, but now I don't walk with a limp. In the hood, in the lady they saying 50, you hot. They like me, I want them to love me like they love pop. But I live in New York, for show to tell you I'm local. When the plan is to put the rap game in the choke. I'm full of focus, man. My money on my mind. Got a meal out the deal, and I'm still in the grind. Now, shorty says she feelin' my style, she feelin' my flow. Uh -huh. A girl from Buddha, they buy and they ready to go Find me at the club, bottle full of bub Mama, I got what you need, you need to fill the bars I'm in the having sex, I ain't in the making love So come give me a hug, get in the getting rough <laughs> 
Don't try to act like Hey, look, just lay off. That's my bit of lager. Oh, I get it. Are you going to do me in? Don't be ridiculous. Are you going to punch me, Mark? Is that it? Is that what's going to happen? You just... You, you're lucky I don't... You're just very, very lucky. You're an animal, Corrigan. You have to keep your tie down up to 11. Otherwise, all this grey, ugly, office envy sludge will just spill out and drown you and... And you've got weird nuts. What? How did you... If you're going to watch the TV in your dressing gown, you might want to put some pants on. Ryan Atwood was a good kid caught in a bad situation. You gotta have a plan. Some kind of a dream. And things were about to go from bad to worse. I want you out of my house. Mom, where am I gonna go? Only now, he's getting another chance at life. You brought him home? In a whole new world. He's not a criminal mastermind. He's a kid who has nowhere to go. But in the OC, nothing is as it seems. Welcome to the dark side. Fox presents a new series about one kid who had nothing to live for. This is how it's done in Orange County. And one family who needed something to hold on to. I don't want this kid in my house anymore. Where's he supposed to go? He has a family. It's not up to you to decide whether or not they're good enough. Welcome to the OC. We've been on the run, driving in the sun, looking out for number one. California, here we come, right back where we started from. Well, hustlers, grab your guns, your shadow weighs a ton. Driving down the 101, California, here we come, right back where we started from. California. Nothing's gonna stop me now California, here we come Right back where we started from A pedal to the floor, thinking of the war Gotta get us to the show California, here we come Right back where we started from California chances being taken here in Hong Kong, masks are essential for all hospital staff, protecting against the mystery illness that's already infected scores of people. Today there's news the threats move to Britain. The first possible case has been taken into hospital. We're watching this outbreak extremely carefully, but the latest development is we're not sure whether the case is linked, but we're treating it as a possible link to the outbreak in the Far East. The disease is contagious on close contact. The friends and relatives of the sufferer will also be screened. Right now, there's no treatment because it's still not clear what this bug is. One clue is the symptoms. It acts like flu, affecting the lungs, causing coughing and shortness of breath. But sufferers deteriorate quickly. In healthy people, they can fight it off. But in the frail, it can be fatal. The bug needs to be identified quickly. It's already claimed nine lives in Asia and Canada and infected more than 500 people. If there's a fault line in Asia's SARS crisis, this is it. The busy border crossing between the Chinese province of Guangdong, where the virus originated, and Hong Kong, from where it spread across the globe. So now they're scanning visitors for possible fever. 
but not everyone. The numbers are too great. I know you think that I shouldn't still love you. I'll tell you that. But if I didn't say it, well, I'd still have felt it. Where's the sense in that? this morning and something has gone wrong in the pristine skies above Texas. The fireball is the space shuttle Columbia, the oldest in the fleet, now disintegrating after entering the Earth's atmosphere. It's all live on national television. The relatives of the seven crew members are watching. But the crew is already dead. They were only 15 minutes away from landing at Cape Canaveral in Florida. A few minutes earlier, Columbia is talking to Mission Control about the procedures for touchdown. We're ready for a single APU start, attempt two. The crew reports a few problems, but no cause for panic. Suddenly, they lose radio contact. No one knows why. The debris was spread over a large part of northern Texas. Thousands of pieces peppered the ground, and no one was injured. Survivors of this morning's earthquake move as if in shock, searching for their relatives and friends, 
amid what one observer called devastation beyond the imagination. One of the oldest cities in the world was reduced to ruins in just a few seconds before the sun rose this morning. When the earthquake struck at around half past five, it was not long after the first call to prayer of the day had sounded from the towers of the city's mosque. Nothing was spared as the ground shook, not the ancient mud walls of the city centre, nor the later stone and concrete buildings which make up most of Bam. All day, people were being dug out of the rubble, overwhelming the city's hospitals. Two hospitals are believed to have been destroyed. It's taken four days, but the international aid effort for Iran is gathering pace. Yesterday, this was a bare patch of ground. Now, with the arrival of 500 tents from Switzerland, it's becoming a city for the survivors. The tragedy has even broken through the permafrost in relations with the Americans. First U.S. flights here for more than 20 years have brought more than 80 officials and a convoy of aid, including a field hospital. So great is the need that even Iran's foreign minister arriving in Bam managed a polite welcome for the help from what used to be called the Great Satan. Anymore. You best start believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner. You're in one. Pirates of the Caribbean. The Curse of the Black Pearl. I may have deserved that. Weak, smelly, and bristly, David Blaine emerged after 44 days of hungry confinement, four stone lighter, and glad to be out. This is been one of the most important in my life. Six weeks ago, he certainly did look rather healthier, but as he shrunk in size, he's become a tourist attraction. Of course, not everyone was so supportive. His worst abuse came at night, as did the projectiles. But by the final day, the growing crowd was largely on his side. 
Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. That was all the man in black ever needed to say. The chiseled face, the rough voice, the songs about those who had it even worse than he did. Johnny Cash climbed to the very top, selling more records than the Beatles by 1969, having started at the very bottom. Life along the way was never easy. Arrested seven times, crippled by addiction, fascinated by others who were in pain. After a first failed marriage, Cash then married into country music royalty. His wife and singing partner, June Carter Cash, who died in May. Johnny Cash influenced scores of well-known musicians who today praise the man they so admired, including the very contemporary rock group Nine Inch Nails. It's his current video of their song called Hurt that will continue airing as his epitaph. In it, a music legend looks back at his life. I hurt myself today to see if I still feel I focus on the pain The only thing that's real The needle tears a hole The old familiar sting Try to kill it all away but I remember everything What have I become? My sweetest friend Everyone I know Goes away in the end And you could have it Tonight, the man held responsible for Britain's worst act of terror is back here in solitary confinement. He will be in his mid-70s before he can be considered for release from jail. His 27-year sentence was handed down after he made his first appearance in a public court in Scotland since his appeal failed last year. 51-year-old Abdul Basset Ali Mohammed al-Magrahi was silent as he came before the same judges who convicted him during the special trial in the Netherlands. They said his crime had been a deliberate, planned and wicked slaughter of innocent lives. 270 people died when the Pan Am jet carrying Magrahi's bomb exploded over Lockerbie in 1988. John Patrick Flynn was among the victims and today his parents spent what would have been their son's 36th birthday watching the court proceedings. 27 years for killing 270 people does not make a lot of sense to me. Every day is so wonderful And suddenly it's hard to breathe Now and then I get insecure From all the pain I'm so ashamed
Hello, princess. Oh, it's you. It's it's you. Here. It's me. Oh, come on. Don't I get a proper hug or what? A year ago, she was unknown. Today, she's a pop star who's had a number one hit and now has a criminal record. Guilty of punching a toilet attendant. Though allegations that it was a racially motivated assault were thrown out. Cheryl Speedy was number one with the made-on-TV band Girls Aloud when the incident happened in January. She'd been on a night out at this Guildford club and received a VIP treatment, a minder, a private area, and free champagne. But in the toilet, a request for money to pay for five lollipops that she'd grabbed from the toilet attendant's display ended with Tweedy shouting abuse and punching the attendant. Sophie Amagbokpa suffered a black eye, bruising, and blurred vision. You say you love me, you say you love me, but you're never there for me, yeah. This morning, it seemed as if this row had simmered down. Alistair Campbell jogged off to Downing Street without once fulminating against the BBC. But then the government returned to the attack. Why? Because they think this man undermined their credibility. Today, programme's Andrew Gilligan reported an intelligence source saying a government dossier had been sexed up to make the case for war on Iraq, specifically by adding the claim that weapons of mass destruction could be used within 45 minutes. Asked by Mr Gilligan who was to blame, the source said, Campbell, a lie, says the government, and now they think they can blow the whole story out of the water. They say a middle-ranking employee of the Ministry of Defence has come forward, admitting he'd met Mr Gilligan. Asked by him why the 45-minute point was in the dossier, he'd said, probably for impact. Today's row is all about whether a particular civil servant was the source of a BBC story accusing number 10 of sexing up intelligence. On the back of that, the Tory leader accused the Prime Minister of being a stranger to the truth. Mr Blair takes grave exception to that, but instead of discussing wider questions of war and peace, he too focused narrowly on the BBC. We have said to the Ministry of Defence that we don't know who the source is, but the BBC are in the position to know who the source is, and they can say surely whether this man is the source or not. This is not the Westminster village. It's a real one. Here's where David Kelly lived and where he died. In the so-called war between the government and the BBC, a useful, decent man today became a real casualty. Dr Kelly was reported missing late last night. The formal identification uh, of the body that we found in um, Harradine Hill will not take place. But what I can say is that the description of the man found there matches the description of Dr David Kelly. There's been much speculation about whether Dr Kelly is the source for the Today programme report by Andrew Gilligan on May the 29th. We can confirm that Dr Kelly was the principal source 
for both Andrew Gilligan's report and for Susan Watt's report on Newsnight on June the 2nd and 4th. Lord Hutton has promised to carry out his inquiry and publish its conclusions as soon as possible. As a former Lord Chief Justice in Northern Ireland, he's a highly experienced judge who's also familiar with politically sensitive issues. The inquiry is expected to focus on how Dr. Kelly's name was made public and what precisely he told journalists. Witnesses are expected to include the Prime Minister and his communications director, Alistair Campbell. For 22 days, he has listened to the evidence given by more than 70 witnesses and he has examined thousands of documents, all shedding some light on the circumstances which led to the apparent suicide of Dr. David Kelly. Today is dominated by the closing submissions from lawyers representing the people and organizations most deeply caught up in these events. One after the other, they now have a final chance to influence Lord Hutton before he writes his report. It will be dramatic and intense. How can you see into my eyes like open doors? Leading you down into my core, or I become so Beckham arriving for work, a big star in a big car making some very big headlines. It's reported that on Saturday he was struck in the face by a football boot kicked by a furious Sir Alex Ferguson. And here's the evidence. Beckham's forehead clearly marked by a cut. Sir Alex allegedly lashed out at the boot in the dressing room after seeing his team beaten by Arsenal. He didn't intend it to hit Beckham, but it did.
country with the deal done. Next season, the England captain, David Beckham, will wear the white of Real Madrid. A team packed full of stars is about to get yet another one. I've always loved football. Of course, I love my family. I have a wonderful life, but football is everything to me. And joining is a dream come true. So I'd just like to say thank you to everyone for coming and joining me in my arrival. Gracias. David Beckham said joining Real Madrid was like a dream come true. The club's president, Florentino Perez, who famously said he would never, never, never buy Beckham, welcomed him, saying he was bringing him from the theatre of dreams to the team of his dreams. Don't, don't, don't stop the beat. I can't, can't, can't control my feet. I can pee, 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 people in the street. Come on, everybody, and move your feet. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop the beat. I can't stop. Can't stop the beat. I won't stop. Won't stop the beat. This is the one. It's coming back for Johnny Wilkinson. He drops for World Cup glory. It's up. It's over. He's done it. Johnny Wilkinson is England's hero yet again. And there's no time for Australia to come back. England have just won the World Cup. It comes to Mike Cat. He kicks it high into the stand. The whistle goes. It is all over. And England are the 2003 World Champions. It was a huge effort from the entire squad of players, our backroom staff, our coaching, everyone, our physios. Thanks to the fans, they've been brilliant. You know, I can't say enough about the team. The come, you know, we had a lead and we lost it, and to come back in extra time and to hold out. And, and we'll come at the end, you know, brilliant. Can't, I can't say enough about it. You know, to come down here, you know, we take a lot of crap from these guys. You know, we've, we've taken the moral high ground and we've said we let our talk, we let our performance do the talking on the pitch. You know, to come down here and take the trophy away from the Southern Hemisphere, so that it's a very, very special feeling. It takes 15 players, thought the whole team was brilliant. You know, on the full-time whistle, it's 14 all, the right things have been said. Jono was brilliant, Delalio was brilliant, Baki was brilliant. Oh, I can't, I'm speechless. Just a big thanks to everyone, the players, everyone involved in English rugby. It's been an awesome night here, and uh, I'll never forget Endless ever, ever. And up steps Martin Johnson, the first Northern Hemisphere captain to lift that. champion you better get used to that <laughs> thank you no um it's it's an absolute uh, dream for me coming true and i was always joking around when i was a boy <laughs> i'm gonna win this and 
Fans here at Stanford Bridge are stunned. Out of the blue, a Russian billionaire swoops and buys their club. So who is Roman Abramovich? And why is he suddenly pouring his personal fortune into Chelsea? The Russian tycoon was looking for a good club, but one with the potential to get even better. He hopes his millions will help Chelsea to premiership titles and Champions League success. The money to finance it comes from the oil fields of Russia. There, Roman Abramovich cut his business teeth and amassed a huge fortune. There are 3.7 trillion fish in the ocean. They're looking for one. His son, Bingo, Nemo, Nemo was taken to uh, Sydney. Oh, sure. It's in that direction. Walt Disney Pictures presents a Pixar Animation Studios film. Totally. i got to find my son, Nemo. Go easy on him. He's lost his son, Fabio. Fish are friends, not food. <laughs> Finding Nemo. First you were all like, whoa! And then we were all like, whoa! And then you were like, whoa! What are you talking about? You got serious thrill issues, dude. Yes! So crazy right now. Most incredibly. She girl. Three. She boy. Young. Ready? To a little girl who says you pushed her in the pool, did you? New, but yeah, but new because what happened was, was you knew the Redman sisters. When they found a Veruca sock in a girl's box and put it in Carrie's bag, and she completely had an airbag and turned up to Kamal Sharma's party with a compass and stabbed Kamal Sharma. But anyway, Shelley Bentley gave Craig Herman a blowy in the shallow end for a bite of his funny foot. I'm a singer, I'm a songwriter, and I'm a born entertainer. This is what I do. Three nights, 
I don't think Britain will see anything like it for a long time to come either. She wants to The silence was pitiful that day A love is getting too cynical Passion's just physical these days You analyze everyone you meet But get no win contests, but on a night of Turkish delight, the UK song was judged a bit of a turkey. She was so confident in, in, in every aspect, the performance, the clothes, the, you know, the, the choreography, and then when we came last, we were pleased with what we did, and there was a bit of a shock result, to say the least, but there you go. Eurovision fans all over Britain hid their disappointment well. Camp and crazy parties continued through the voting, even as Gemini flopped to the almost mythical near of course, it wasn't totally fair. It's very political. It's always very political. It's just a reaction to war, really. It was terrible. It didn't deserve to get any votes this year. Did you think it was political or not? No, not at all. They were just rubbish. This is Michael Jackson's favourite shop in Las Vegas with the luckiest manager in the world. What is this? What this one? This one? This one? How about this table? This chess set, isn't it beautiful, this set? Your chess set in, in your library is... No, this one's bigger. This, this is bigger. bigger. And then I met 12-year-old Gavin. Gavin met Jackson two years ago after he'd been told he was dying of cancer. What is it, Gavin, about Michael that makes him connect so well with children? Because he's really a child at heart. <laughs> he, he acts just like a child. He, he, he knows how... It, how a child is, he knows how what a child thinks. You don't necessarily have to be a child just because society says uh, 18 and up, you're adult. It doesn't really matter. When people hear that children from other families have come and they've stayed in your house, they've stayed in your bedroom, and they say, is that really appropriate for a man, a grown man, to be doing that? How do you respond to that? I feel sorry for them because that's judging someone who wants to really help people. Why can't you share your bed? The, the, the most loving thing to do is to share your bed with someone. 
You, know? really, you really think that? Yeah, of you're, course. You're taking a position that you use yeah. every single night that you go into. You sleep and you're sharing it with another. You say you can and, have my bed if you want, sleep in it. I'll sleep on the floor. You can. It's yours. Always give the best to the company, you know? Like to him, I said, because he was going to sleep on the floor. I said, no, you sleep in the bed, I'll sleep on the floor. But haven't you got a spare room or a spare house here where he could have stayed? Yeah, but no, yes. I, we have guest units, but whenever kids come here, they always want to stay with me. how the rest of the world came to know Bob Hope, the star of a string of light-hearted movies, often partnering Bing Crosby on the road to somewhere exotic. It's only a kangaroo. Yeah. He was a sunny song and dance man with his roots in vaudeville. But to Americans, Bob Hope was something more, an icon of middle America. Well, the real reason I'm wearing this little outfit is the fact that uh, a lot of performers die on television. And if that happens to me, I want to be prepared for it. Today, America lost a, a great citizen. We mourn the passing of Bob Hope. Bob Hope made us laugh, and he lifted our spirits. Bob Hope served our nation. Uh, when he went to battlefields to entertain thousands of troops from different generations. And welcome to QI, the quiz show where the answers are much more interesting than the questions, but the questions are completely impossible. Uh, as I don't really expect anyone to get any of them right, I shall be awarding points for being interesting along the way, regardless of whether the panel's answers are correct or even relevant.
BA Flight 002 from New York touched down at just after four this afternoon. It was the last of three Concords to land at Heathrow today, ending one of the most glittering achievements in aviation history, supersonic passenger travel. At the airport, there were cheers, tears, and of course, that familiar deafening roar. Taking off into a New York sunrise, BA-002, the last supersonic passenger flight to cross the Atlantic. Lifting into the skies with its characteristic elegance and the distinctive roar of the engines, there is no other aircraft like this. There will probably never be another aircraft like this, and so it marks the end of an extraordinary chapter in aviation history. So Concorde bows out in style. After almost three decades in service, an aircraft that has enthralled its many admirers for so long taxis home one last time. I'm here, just like I said Though it's breaking every rule I've ever made My racing heart is just the same why make it strong to break it once again? And I'd love to say I do Give everything to you But I can never now be true So I say Think I better deep right now Before I fall any deeper I think I better deep right now Feeling weaker and weaker I better leave right now I'm here So please explain Why you're opening up A healing wound again I'm a little more careful Perhaps it shows But if I lose the highs At least I'll spare the lows Beat the heart to feel my spirit come. So I say, I think I better deep right now before I fall any deeper. I think I better deep right now, feeling weaker and weaker. Somebody better show me out before I fall any deeper. I think I better leave right. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. It's only from the air you realize just how hard it's been for the Americans to track down Saddam Hussein in this vast country. In the end, a tip-off led them to his lair, a remote hut by the River Tigris, and a cleverly disguised hole in the ground. Hey, Joe. Yes, sir, mate. Take that rug off. Excuse me. One day it may become a tourist attraction. Already troops have been taking happy snaps here, while the press queue up to squeeze inside the most famous hole in the world. It's between six and eight feet deep, and it's desperately claustrophobic, with a pipe and a fan to help Saddam breathe as he hid from the troops searching above ground. Today, they revealed they were just seconds away from dropping a hand grenade in here. But two hands appeared. The individual clearly wanted to surrender. 
That individual was removed from the hole. United States military forces captured Saddam Hussein alive. He was found near a farmhouse outside the city of Tikrit in a swift raid conducted without casualties. And now the former dictator of Iraq will face the justice he denied to millions. When desires are revealed, I'm in love. Aren't you too young to be in love? No. Secrets are exposed. Your secretary is very pretty. Is she? Be careful there. And chances are finally taken. All I want for Christmas is you. Universal Pictures invites you. What's the best sex you've ever had? Britney Spears. No, I'm not kidding. She was rubbish. To take everything you know about love. And multiply it by eight. Hugh Grant, Liam Neeson, Colin Firth, Laura Linney, Emma Thompson, Alan Rickman, Rowan Atkinson, Kira Knightley. Christmas is the time to be with the people you love. This holiday season, all you need oh. is love. Actually, are you seeing carols? I suppose I could. Please, Good King Wenceslas looked out on the feast of Stephen when the snow lay round about, deep and crisp and even. Cruel and merciless. The words used by the judge to describe Ian Huntley tonight entering Belmarsh Prison as a convicted double child murderer. 
For 16 months, the parents of the two 10-year-olds had lived with the pain of their loss. Today, they would see justice. The moment of the verdicts came dramatically at noon. The ashen-faced Huntley and Carr were ordered to rise. First to Huntley, guilty of murdering Jessica Chapman, guilty of murdering Holly Wells. Then to Maxine Carr, the jury deciding she didn't know what Huntley had done, so cleared her of two counts of assisting him, but found her guilty of conspiracy because she'd given him a false alibi. And the damning comments from Mr. Justice Moses followed shortly after. Starting with Huntley, he gave him two life sentences with these words. They were happy, intelligent, and loyal girls, he said. You murdered them both. All around me are familiar faces, worn out places, worn out faces. Bright and early for their daily races, going nowhere, going nowhere. Their tears are filling up their glasses, no expression, no expression. Hide my head, I want to drown my sorrow, no tomorrow. No tomorrow And I find it kind of funny I find it kind of sad The dreams in which I'm dying Are the best I've ever had I find it hard to tell you I find it hard to take When people run in circles It's a very, very If you'd like to know more about the music and archive clips you've heard over the past hour, head over to sounds21c.wordpress.com. The programme is produced by Tom Eames. Next time, it's 2004, the year of Jose Mourinho, Shaun of the Dead, and the Boxing Day tsunami, as Sounds of the 21st Century continues. <laughs>